Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Great day. I'm so pumped. I will be in a moment. I'm going to get there. <laughs> it's so fun when you're trying to keep many things going at the same time. Well, welcome. Some of you, I think, for the first time in a while, uh, if whether you're online or you're on, in person on campus or you're uh, sleeping somewhere on Thursday and you're watching it right now, uh, we're glad that you're with us. And we're starting our week of prayer and fasting this week, which is a great week uh, every year, a couple of times a year that we do this. Uh, so if you haven't already uh subscribe to our, what do you call it, our email list. You can find that at hello at horizonchurch.ca. Send a request to get that, and you'll get a morning devotional. And then uh, throughout the week, there's also going to be some Zoom prayer meetings, some in-person prayer meetings, and lots of opportunity to pray. Let me pray to start. Lord Jesus, we thank you that this is the day you have made. Thank you, Lord, and we rejoice and we're glad in it, Lord Jesus, in a time and a season, Lord, where we just absolutely, desperately need you, Lord. We always have, but it's been exposed how much we need you in our, in our families, in our lives, in our nation, and we uh, acknowledge our desperate need for you, Lord. We ask that you give us ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church today, in Jesus' name. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 12. Um, in verse 5, I'm just going to, if you have it on your phone or you have a physical Bible with you, and then we're going to go. Acts chapter 12 and verse 5, and this is going to be our key text today is, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying for to God for him. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Somebody say earnestly. Earnest. Praying earnestly praying. Earnestly praying. It's a great word, the word earnestly. We're going to look at it in a moment, but in order to be a person that prays, you have to start to look at what you expect in life. Sometimes when life gives you things, your expectation level changes. There's a time where we had uh, vehicles that were held together by prayer and duct tape sometimes. A friend of mine posted this week, he said, you, if you've ever laid hands on your car, you know you're a Christian, you grew up as a charismatic, or you grew up really poor, or both. I've done it before. B car, you will start in the name of Jesus, and you pray, and it starts. Sometimes. Doesn't always. We had this one vehicle that it seemed like every time we went out to it, something else would happen. And we've had many of those. We had one vehicle for a time. Uh, Shanda would try and start it. And it wouldn't start. Again, wouldn't start, wouldn't start, wouldn't start. I would get into the car, and I would do the same thing, and it would start for me. I would get out. She would get in. It wouldn't start. I would get in. It would start. I said, hon, it's all in how you live. <laughs> yeah, not at all. That didn't get me very far. But after a while, you start to expect that it won't start because your experience has been to that point negative, so you start to believe that it's going to happen again. And with all that's gone on in our world right now, I've, 
when we're talking this week about prayer and fasting, we're going to be talking about expectation because there's been so much negative uh, stuff coming at us on so many things. Liza referenced it already, but not only negative, but there's been opportunities for sure, but it's been difficult for many, many things. And, and I read this week that economically we've been knocked back like 20 years in terms of our, our economy. The debt level, if anybody hasn't noticed, is going like this. Um, and your children and your children and your children's children will be paying for it. And then we have around us racial tensions that have been ratcheted up and, and politicians and people that are using these things to, to kind of get their own way and to get a perspective, uh, to bring division between people where once we could see it, an issue and disagree on how we would approach it and we could still be friends. That seems to be gone in our culture right now. Marriages, I've heard of many marriages that are straining. Heard of people who are uh, finding financial difficulty as, as, as they've just walked through. Maybe their business is lost. I read even just this week that uh, in Ontario where they're locking things down again, that businesses are saying, I don't know if we can hang on. Thousands upon thousands of them. So we're in a time where there's a lot of difficulty and people's expectation level begins to believe it's going to get worse or it's not going to be. How are we going to make it? And then you look at college students coming out. What will it look like for me in this climate? And then there's just the stuff of life. People have internal pain that, is, that they're processing. Some of them not processing it well. Some of them doing it very well. Frustration and angry with all the switches and changes that we have to make. And it's easy to start to lower our expectation for the future based on our experience in the present. It's easy to start to lower our expectation that God could still move in the world based on our experience in the present. Suicide is up, divorce is up, anxiety is up, unemployment is up, debt is up, racial tension up, so far so good. Anybody feeling encouraged? Peace down. Literally hundreds of overdoses in our province this year. Way more, triple the amount that have passed away from COVID. And it's not a comparative one death being worse or better. There's just a lot of stuff that is going on. And you might be in your world saying, but I'm good. But if you're a follower of Jesus, it still should concern you. See, it's, we need to be careful that our expectation doesn't become our habitation. In other words, what you expect is soon how you start to live. We start to question, what's the point? You stop praying maybe for what was super important to you at one time. Will, will that ever change? Will our culture shift in any way? You'll live with what you tolerate. Can I ever recover Could that from the, the loss and the devastation that I found in my business, in my personal life, wherever I'm at? Maybe there's been so much disappointment that you've actually stopped believing and you're just on autopilot. Some people, when all this stuff is going on, we have different approaches. Some people are venters. The whole world will know. They got a Facebook account and every little thing that's going on in their life, everybody's going to know about it and they need to comment on it and, and affirm my pain and affirm what I'm going on. Other people are stuffers. No one will ever know. They might look good on the outside, but there's a lot going on on the inside. And then there's other people who have just quit. I've just got my head down. I don't care what's going on around me and I'm going to move on. And so many things coming at us from so many different ways. And God's not surprised in all of it. 
And the church can still have expectation in the middle of it. You can still have expectation. But sometimes we don't know what to do. And that's what this week is about. Second Chronicles 20, there's a story of a, of a king, an ancient king by the name of Jehoshaphat, if you haven't read about it. Uh, he was doing all that he knew to do, doing things right. And suddenly there was a, a great army from many different nations surrounding him. And he was in a panic. And it says... I, he said this, Lord, I, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. There are some times when you don't know what to do, and we, and we, but what we do sometimes, we go to venting, or we go to stuffing, or we go to quitting, and we never move be, beyond it. But I want to challenge us today to begin to raise our expectation, to start to say, God, I don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't know how we can fix the racial division, but our eyes are on you. We don't know how we're going to uh, beat back COVID, but our eyes are on you. We don't know how we're going to change our family, but our eyes are on you. We don't know how we're going to bring reconciliation in marriage, but our eyes are on you. And there's something that begins to shape your expectation, not based on your experience, but based on what you see that God is seeing right now. The disciples came into a place where they had done all kinds of miracles. They had seen God do many great things. And they came to this one young man and they could not make him well. They could not deliver him from the spiritual oppression that he was in. And Jesus came back and he said, what are you doing? He said, well, we tried to do it, but we couldn't do anything. It wouldn't work. What we always did before, it's not working right now. And Jesus said, there are some that will not come out except through prayer and fasting. In other words, there's a level that you once worked at that could work, but there's an opposition that you step into. If you're going to go through it, you have to up the game. You have to up your ante. You have to begin to have a different perspective that my experience is not going to determine my expectation. And here we have a church in Acts chapter 12, and I'm going to read uh, up to it. It says well, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers, 16 people guarding him. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. Peter was one of the main leaders of the church. At one time, he had denied Jesus and, and said three times, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him. But Jesus had restored him, and Peter was now one of the main leaders of the church. Church is brand new on the scene, just a short time. And here they were trying to move forward. There was persecution of re real persecution, not, not what we call persecution today in Canada. Real persecution, people being hauled into jail, people being killed, all kinds of craziness going on. And the culture was saying, yay, good, persecution, wonderful, do that more. And so the king pulls in another one, Peter, and throws him into jail. And I, and I was thinking of this this past week, and I thought, what would, our, what would our response be today? Would we put a petition on Facebook for the release of Peter and try to get 10,000 signatures before Wednesday to try to force their hand? Maybe we could, maybe we should. Would we, maybe we would have a protest. Maybe we would tell everybody how wrong it was. Maybe we just resign ourselves to it. But here we are that so Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly 
praying. Somebody say earnestly. Yeah, we got you to say that earlier. Earnestly praying to God for him. And there, there's an adjective. They didn't just pray. You know, they, it says they were earnestly praying. There's sometimes when you can pray, Lord, I pray. Lord, I pray for my food. Lord, I thank you for this. And it's all good to be praying like that. But there are other times when you need to earnestly pray. There are things that won't move until we start to move into the realm of earnestly. And earnestly has this meaning of being extended out, of being stretched out, not slacking off. And this is what it says, without letting up, no slacking off, no letting up, in order that the prayer could reach its full potential. In other words, there's levels and times for praying little prayers. And then there's times to pray some big prayers. There's times to pray some bold prayers. There's times to pray some audacious prayers. There's times and seasons. And if you don't think we're in one of those seasons, I'm not sure where you're living right now. Come on, somebody. Amen? Right on. There is a, this thing of earnestly. Most of us pray at some level and some time. Most of us pray sporadically. Some of us will pray even every morning when we get up. Lord, help me to get to work safely. Help my boss to have a better attitude. Whatever it might be. Some of us are in crisis prayers. When the pressure's on, we pray. And then when the pressure's off, we don't pray. That's just the nature of human life. That's how it works so very, very often. Some of us are Sunday prayers. But many Christians think, why would this all-knowing, all-powerful God need me to pray? Isn't God going to do what he's going to do anyway? I'll just sit back and watch. Whatever will be, will be. So why pray? Why? In, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, pray this way. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Why did he say to pray that? Because your prayer helps it to happen. He said, give us this day our daily bread. Pray that way. Why? You promised to supply my need. He also said to pray. And then there's the... In Matthew 9, he said, pray that there will be laborers sent out to tell people about Jesus. Why did he say to pray that? Isn't that what he wants? Yes, but prayer moves something. And there is only one logical explanation, and here's why we pray. God does almost nothing outside of the realm of prayer and inter intercession. God invites us to partner with him to see his kingdom come, to see his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He invites us to join him. Is it any wonder that the Bible is filled with pray? Don't forget to entreat. Don't, don't forget to ask. Keep asking. Seek. Knock. Continue. Move. Open. Kick down. Break through. Because there are certain things that won't happen in a passive posture of saying, I'm just going to let God do it. Well, God says, I'm, I want you to move into a different realm. He invites us to come in. Uh, Jack Hayford says this, through prayer, we learn that nothing is impossible with God. He is able to do beyond anything we can ask, think, or imagine. Prayer can change anything, and the impossible doesn't exist. And I want you to remind you this morning that your prayer is important. I'm not going to beat you around the ears with my, with my Bible and say you should do better and all that kind of stuff. Everybody in the room, how many of us could pray a little better, pray a little more? We could always. And so we're not, we're not even going to go there. I want to just show you through this passage what incredible things happen when we begin to pray earnestly. What God could have on the other side of an earnest prayer people. Of a people who don't just pray occasionally. Who don't just pray crisis prayers. Who don't just pray Sunday prayers. But say, God, I'm going to see through this season. You do something that's significant right now. Your prayer matters. And we look at Acts chapter 12 again, and it says that the church was earnestly praying. He's locked up. 
So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And this is a real story of a, of a real man who went to a real prison, and, and he went through this entire experience. But I also, I'm going to pull some things out of here, which I think shows us the power of when you pray. And when you pray, and as Jesus said, that you, we should always pray and not give up. We should always pray and not give up. And here it is. Verse 7, it says, suddenly. Somebody say, suddenly. I love this word suddenly right there. It's, we don't know how long. It was from one feast, and they were waiting to another feast, and the family had been praying in the church, and they were praying and praying, and we don't know how long that time was. But when God begins to move, it's suddenly. We can be earnestly praying and wondering when God's going to move, but then there's a suddenly when things begin to tip over and start to move and happen that you were unaware was going. You're just praying and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying, and then suddenly something breaks through. But if you don't go through the process of praying and praying and asking and seeking and knocking and contending and breaking and kicking and opening whatever it needs to happen there are some things that won't break through in that moment and suddenly something begins to move and here because he is the power his is the power and ours is the prayer without him we cannot without us he will not and i want to look at seven expectations of an earnestly praying church it's not going to be 47 minutes from now. It's going to be quick. When the church is earnestly praying, look what happens. An angel of the Lord appeared. Here's what I want to say for you. Here's some expectations to go into this week with. I'm going to be a person that begins to expect the supernatural. When I am an earnestly praying person, I expect the supernatural. I'm expecting God to show up in situations that I have no business seeing change. I'm expecting God to begin to do miracles that I can't even see possible. I'm expecting that God will bring restoration in places. I'm expecting that God's going to move and do what only he can do. That He can. That uh, we cannot change ourselves. We can't change anyone else. We can't uh, change a world that's gone crazy, but we need the help of heaven. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, that the supernatural will begin to invade the natural and will begin to change the world around it. Expect the supernatural. Expect salvations. Expect deliverance. Start to pray for miraculous deliverance from addictions. Start to pray for supernatural disruption of the sex trafficking rings. Expect the supernatural to invade the natural. Without him, we cannot. Without us, he will not. Because when the church is earnestly praying, a light shone in a cell. I love how that. Expect light to overcome darkness. Expect good to overcome evil. We see so much darkness, but let me tell you that there is no spot that the power of God cannot reach. There is no door that's too thick that he can't get through. There is no pride that's too high that he can't get at. There is no person too far gone that he doesn't see and say, I'm reaching for them. And when we begin to pray, we expect that good will overcome evil. 
And when I was preparing this this morning, uh, I, I just had a whisper in my, in my spirit. or I felt like that there was someone that was just sitting there, and there's a baby that's just crying and crying and crying. And you are literally on the edge. I feel like it's a single mom, that you feel like you're on the edge of losing it. And I, wherever you're watching from right now, I want to tell you that God sees you, that God knows you, that he's coming through for you. And begin to call on the Lord, begin to reach out and say, somebody, Lord Jesus, help me right now. And if you need prayer right now, prayer at horizonchurch.ca or direct message us or, or contact us. But we are praying for you and we're praying for people like you right now that are in impossible situations, in dark places, in dark spaces, not seeing a way through, that the light shines in the darkness, that good overcomes evil. Without him, we cannot. Without us, he will not. And when the church is earnestly praying, the angel, a light shone in the dark, and they woke him up. Woke him up. I'm believing God and expecting God for a spiritual awakening. Awaken the prodigal, those who once walked with God and, and once walked with God and loved him and served him and, and did what they followed him with all their heart, but maybe some disappointment came in, maybe an offense came in, maybe a hurt came in, who knows what happened, but they have settled into a space far from God. It's like they never knew him. We're expecting a spiritual awakening. We're praying for an awakening of the lost, those who have no idea that there's a God who sees them, knows them, loves them, that there's an awakening of hearts, the ripping back of veils, of hearts that are guarded and far from God. Awakening of the apathetic, those who are just settled in to live life as if God never existed in their life. Awakening the visionless that some of us will be woken up to new possibilities. Without him, we cannot. Without us, he will not. His is the power, ours is the prayer. And when the church is earnestly praying, it says, this is what the angel said to Peter. He said, quick, quick. Expect a new sense of urgency. I don't know if you've ever had this before, but there's, there's sometimes when something is happening far over there, you're not that bothered by it. There's a fire that's a thousand miles away from here. You read about it. You don't see the smoke, and you're like, oh, I hope they get the fire out. Then there's one that's down the street from your house or the next door neighbor's house is on fire. You're a little more urgent about it because you know you need to move or you're going to be affected by it. I believe that this is a season to say, God, do something to raise our urgency level, that there will be an expectancy within us, an urgency in our spirit to not just say, oh, I'm going to see what happens, but there would come upon us this sense of urgency. It's our time. It's now. This is people far from God, that the desperation of our level would go up. There are some people in desperate situations that their situation is urgent. I have two friends this week, one uh, have, who have given me news that someone in their family has, has an incurable brain tumor, 22 years old, and the other one's about 36, and they've been given a sentence, and it's urgent right now. You know what? Nothing else on their calendar means anything right now. All they are focused on is saying, God, would you do something as only you can do, and the urgency level rises up. The thing is, we should not wait until it's in our house, in our place, in our city, but begin to say, God, would there be an urgency within us that says, I want to raise my expectation to say, God, you can move still to day. It's not just in some other place. It's not just in somebody else's life. But God, would you move and would you do it now? He is, is the power. Ours is the prayer. Without him, we cannot. Without us, he will not. And when the church is earnestly praying, he said, quick, get up. Expect God to move you. 
Expect God to move you. Don't pray and ask God to change everything and then sit back and watch. Expect God to move you. Expect God to move us out of spaces that seem impossible to change. Expect God to move us out of discouragement that has locked down. Expect God to move us out of ways of thinking that have locked us up. Expect God to move. Are we willing to leave hardened positions of unforgiveness? Are we willing to leave hardened positions of bitterness? Are we willing to get up and move as a church to change and to become what God's called us to be? And when the church is earnestly praying, the chains fell off. Expect stories of freedom. Expect stories of freedom. Peter was locked up. Sounds like he was locked, chained to one guy on each side of him. 16 people inside of a prison wall, behind a locked door, behind the iron gate of the prison, and he walked out. You see, God does not just wake up and say move without giving us the ability to move. He's The things that would hold people back, addictions can be broken off of people. That fear that is just as debilitating as addiction very often because it has the same effect. It stops you from moving forward. Uh, discouragement breaking off, apathy coming off, division coming off. And even when I was thinking of this this morning, this word depletion, uh, where some people have been so depleted in this season that you feel unable to move forward, but God is ministering to depletion right now. And as you ask him by the power of the Holy Spirit, if you're one of those that he's beginning to move in and fill up and replenish and refill and renew and restore and rebuild and re-energize you in a way that you're going to go from depletion to full energy because what has happened in this season is not going to stop you from stepping into your next season. They were praying over here in a house and God was moving over there in a prison. And when we're praying over here in our house, we're believing that God is moving in the neighborhood. We believe that God is moving in Surrey. We believe that God is moving in Princeton. We believe that God is moving in Canada. We believe that God is moving in our prime minister. We believe that God is moving in our province. In all kinds of places, chains fall off, stories of freedom, uh, freedom from all kinds of things that have held people back. And if you're one of those that needs some chains to fall off, this is your week. And again, if you're on the stream, put up your hand, say, I need prayer. Email prayer at horizonchurch.ca. Come to our, one of our prayer times this week. And we're believing that his is the power and ours is the prayer. And when the church is earnestly praying, it says the iron go gate opened for them by itself. By itself. It wasn't by itself so, per, so much to say. is that he didn't see anybody moving it, but God just moved some things open. Expected new opportunities. And when we say that, the first thing that I think of in that is that new good things for me. Just things. I'm going to get more. But sometimes the new opportunities are new opportunities to be hospitable. New opportunities to pray for somebody. New opportunities to share your faith. New opportunities to, to see God do something. New opportunities for your business. New opportunities that you have no business seeing happen. But that God does what God does. It was because, but the church was earnestly praying. But the church was earnestly praying. You can't lock up God's vision. You can, you can put us down to 50. You can put us down to 10. But you cannot lock up what God's doing. New promotion, sharing your faith. His is the power, ours is the prayer. Without him, we cannot. Let's be clear on that, but without us, he will not. There are certain things that God says, when you pray, pray this way. 
if my people who are called, then I will do. When we don't pray, things don't move. That God's still sovereign over it all, but he is also at the same time in certain spheres and places limited himself to our prayer. Peter gets all the way out of the jail and suddenly realizes that this was not a dream. It says in verse 11, <clears throat> Peter came to himself and said, no, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has rescued me. And when this had dawned on him in verse 12, he says, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. And that, to me, shows us the, our response. If we're going to be a church, see our expectations of what God would do, earnestly praying. I love how it says, he went to the house. See, sometimes we think we go to the church, the corporate place, and that's where the real good prayer happens. And it's good. It's good to gather. But that we again would see our personal responsibility to be people of prayer. Wherever we live, wherever, whoever we are, when we gather together and we begin to see that what you have, where you live, the resources that God's given you, all are available to him in this season. Start to pray for the streets and the families around your home. Start to say, this, this, God's placed me here in this season until he moves me somewhere else. I'm praying that he will, he will do something good and significant beyond what I could think or imagine. And I love what it says. They were gathered in a house where many people, this is not the season for the few crazies to pray. We love it when the crazies pray. My wife is one of those people. There's a whole bunch, a band of people who just love to pray. And we think, well, it's their gift. There is no gift of intercession. Intercession is people who have decided to do the hard work to pray and earnestly contend and ask and seek and knock and get up and get on a Zoom call at 6.30 in the morning or get on the phone and pray with somebody or, or go to some place to gather. This is meant to be many. Not the, not, it's not the pastor's job only, but it's not just the elder's job only. It's not people that are leading only, but there's more power in the people than there is in one person. And when the people of God begin to say, we are people who will earnestly pray, God begins to do what only he can do. And then it says they gathered. They were in a house. Many people had gathered. There is something that happens when you pray with someone that doesn't happen the same way when you're praying by yourself. The power of agreement, the power of coming together. Personal prayer this week with devotionals every morning. If you're uh, hello at horizonchurch.ca to get on the list. Zoom prayer in the morning. In-person prayer and Zoom prayer on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. The thing that I thought of this, I'm like... A year ago, if I said Zoom prayer, people would be like, whoa, is he like really fast praying? Like, you just like go along and pray, 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 pray. Like, what is he talking about? I don't get it. No, it's Zoom prayer. Like, anyway, just the way my mind works. And it says, in the house, many people were gathered. And here's the key thing. And we're praying. They weren't gathered and just visiting. They weren't gathered and just eating. They weren't gathered and just complaining. They weren't gathered and venting. They weren't gathering, but they were gathering and praying. They were praying. Not just fretting, not worrying, not stuffing, not quitting, a new expectation. Can I invite you to stand to your feet? As I've talked this, this morning, his is the power, ours is the prayer. And I believe that there are people who are saying, Craig, I'm one of those ones that my expectation has been crushed in this season. I, I have felt so far from God. And here's the thing, that the way back, 
No matter how far you've gone in the wrong direction, you can always turn around. And the turnaround is saying, God, I repent. Forgive me of my sin and come in and lead my life and begin a journey of seeing God transform your life. And so if that's you, begin that journey today. Simple as that. The rest of us, whether in the room or online, I invite you just to take a moment. and We're going to pray. Bow your head and just begin to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, raise my expectation level. Raise my expectation level. Where it's been low, I give it to you. Where I feel crushed, I give it to you. Where I feel like I don't know what to do, my eyes are on you. And we invite you, Holy Spirit. And even in the room right now, just let's just lift our hands and invite the Holy Spirit to come. Fill us afresh. Fill us afresh as we go into this week that you would fill us afresh, God, that you would fill us with a fresh expectation of what you could do, that we would not allow ourselves to be our experience to, to determine our expectation, but our expectation will begin to determine our experience, that we will see what you do. Yours is the power, God. Ours is the prayer. Holy Spirit, come. Just let your own song of just praise. Lord, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you into situations that are impossible right now now. We welcome you into discouragement right now. We welcome you into overwhelm right now. We welcome you into situations that seem impossible right now. We thank you that you are a provider. We thank you that you're the way maker. We thank you that you are the one who does what only you can do in the strong name of Jesus. Have your way. Have your way. Come on. Let's lift our own voices now tonight. Let's let this morning. Just lift your voice. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, wherever you're at, online or on campus. Oh, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're the deliverer. Thank you that you're the way maker. As we step into this week of prayer, Lord, we're asking that you would raise our expectation level. Lord, that we would approach this week with just a sense of what you're about to do. That our current experience will not determine our expectation, but we will allow our expectation to begin to shape our experience. Thank you, Lord, that you will be, you're beginning to move. That Thank you for stories of freedom. Thank you for stories of breakthrough. Thank you for stories of salvation. Thank you for stories of healing. Thank you for stories of deliverance. Thank you for vision to plant churches. Thank you, Lord, for Princeton. Thank you, Lord, for Numa in South Surrey. Thank you, Lord, that you're moving in the middle of all the craziness, Lord. And help us to be ones by your strength that we will earnestly pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.